You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy hump day, Bruce. How are you? Actually, today's hump day for us. It's going to go out on Thursday for the listeners. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to get it. But uh, how are you doing today? Well, healthy alive. Uh, you know, enjoying weather around here. It's been sunny and cool. Well, today it was raining yesterday. That was that was enjoyable. Nice thunderstorm. Well, that's that's good. You know, I, I do you have a metal roof? No, not on this house. Oh man, I tell you, metal roof, rainstorm. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is the most relaxing thing you could ever experience when you're trying to sleep. It it, it is a very relaxing thing. But fortunately, around here, um, it, it usually gets cool when it rains. So you just crack the window open and you can you get to listen to the rain and the thunder is even louder. So yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty. pretty yeah, and cool. it's I mean you, you have a a welcome mat open for the uh, the tornado that's going to come through. So I mean yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, believe me, if your window's not open far enough, it'll peel off your roof just so you have enough, you know, ventilation yeah. in the yeah. house. So, yeah, tornadoes are very considerate in that they want to be sure you have plenty of airflow. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> to be fair, that actually there was um, the big hurricane, or hurricane, the big tornado we had back in the '90s, the the big F5, which is now categorized yep. as an F6. Um, there's actually a dude that was asleep during the tornado, and he woke up with his bed in a tree. He and his bed were in a tree. Let, let me unheard. get this straight. Let, let me get this straight. The guy is asleep. Yep. He sleeps through the tornado, hitting his home, mm-hmm. picking him and the bed up, and leaving them in a tree, and then he wakes up. Yep. And he wakes up, yeah. Wakes up in a tree. How on yeah. earth do you sleep through that? <laughs> Some people are heavy sleepers. And honestly, it it made, it made could have been just like, you know, a, a quick thing, you know, a few seconds. And it could have been that time, you know, when you're asleep and kind of waking up and whatnot. I don't know. I mean, you know, there are those nights when I actually really do sleep. And I mean, like the heavy sleep, you know what I'm talking about? And it's one of those where when you do wake up, you're just like, huh, what was that? (laughs) It's like that that feeling that it takes you a few minutes to figure out where you actually are. So, yes, I, I know what that means. I know what that feels like. But being thrown out of your home into a tree uh that that seems to me like it would you know wake you up a little bit sooner than just waking up in the tree but anyway that's just me okay on to business i suppose do you know anybody who has subsequently lost their life during the lockdowns yes i mean i do i don't know them personally but they're relatives of people i know was it a and i hate to say this but i mean i'm just i'm just talking about what's going on here um was it a suicide no 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 none of the cases were suicide they were they were actually um older and died of complications from it they didn't necessarily die from covid itself they died from some of the damages that was caused by covid and i think they may have gotten sick afterward was covid um, listed on was covid listed on the death certificate do you know uh that i do not know but more than likely probably well apparently there is a new federal aid program that will allow you to add COVID to the death certificate in the early days, in the early days. 
if they didn't die of COVID, you can actually have it listed as a COVID death. That will go back and alter the death certificate and give you $9,000 to have that done. I, I could not believe what I was hearing when, when I heard this. Of course, they're, they're burying it under the guise of, if you'll pardon the pun, of funeral costs, which let's be fair, a funeral in the US is about 10,000 bucks. Okay, so there's no argument there, which we heard some talk in the early days don't you, do you remember the talk in the early days now that I think on it about how they said part of the stimulus package should be to pay for people's funerals? Chuck Schumer in New York was talking about that. Yeah, here's an interesting thing. If you're going to pay for people's funerals because of COVID-19, it almost seems like we're paying people off uh, one of two things. Either it's a scam and you're trying to get more artificial data or you're feeling guilty and you had something to do with the creation thereof this this disease. The main champion of this is none other than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm. She says... Quite a genius, that woman. Yeah, yeah, real genius. She says... Now, of course, this is a program that's being put together by her in collaboration with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from New York. Mm. Your loved one should have COVID on their death certificate anywhere listed either as their primary or contributing cause of death, said Ocasio-Cortez, a New York Democrat, on Monday during a news conference with Senator Chuck Schumer. In those early days, we know that so many people didn't know what was COVID and what wasn't. So instead of having your death certificate changed, why not instead? Well, actually, no. Let, let, let's, let's have your certificate changed. But instead of saying COVID-19 or complications of COVID-19, whatever, whatever is listed, let, let's have it listed as uh, complications of government. Yeah, OK. You know, I was actually I was driving down the road today and I was thinking to myself because we were talking yesterday about infrastructure and how the government's going to create all these jobs. Right. I mean, that's that's the new thing I've been hearing about how uh, this new pl jobs plan that Biden's putting forth is going to. And, and Mayor Pete was talking on it, who is the transportation secretary or whatever. And he says that these new systems are going to create 16 million new jobs. That was according to a that was according to Moody's who put out a study on it. 16 million new jobs just out of nowhere. OK, um, I figured out the best way for government to create jobs. Of course, let's take in the fact the government doesn't create jobs to begin with. But I figured out the best way for them to create jobs if they're going to create them. And that's just get out of the way. That's the best way the government can aid in creating jobs is just go away. Now, Ocasio-Cortez went on to say, you can go back to the institution that issued the death certificate, the hospital, the physician, and you can have your death certificate edited in retrospect, knowing what we know now about COVID. So if your loved one's death certificate doesn't have COVID listed, you can have it put in. Now, according to Senator Chuck Schumer, this is all just a mistake and you can have it corrected. So if you didn't have COVID put on there, then that's a mistake. You can have it corrected now and they're going to pay you to do that. Senator Schumer from New York said that since September, they've been listing COVID. The problem is, as the Congresswoman said, in the early days, they didn't know what COVID was, so they didn't list it. And we're working to get that corrected. So see, they want the numbers corrected. Uh, is that because you have a vested interest in keeping the numbers high so you can continue your agenda? in your states? I'm just asking a question. I think with these agencies, uh, not just referencing government, but other agencies such as, I don't know, CNN, you know, the uh, uh, propaganda arm of the government uh, and these other, you know, MSNBC and so forth, um, they all benefit to having higher numbers for COVID. They all benefit from the, the hysteria that's involved. And when we talk about the Great Reset, we talk about the, the SGs, we talk about all those things. Having people terrified of something, having a boogeyman, having a bad guy or, or something to focus on, 
generally speaking, you can get the collective to follow your lead, if you will, uh, a little better. And you can also get people to um, trust you when they otherwise wouldn't, because it seems like you're the good guy, right? So I, I think it's all a scam, obviously. I didn't trust these people before COVID, and I certainly don't trust them now. Yeah, but you're not one of the sheep. That's a fair point. So apparently they're going to be working with FEMA to figure out all options to make these corrections and modification in retrospect, of course, because they made mistakes, right? I mean, they didn't know then what they know now. So isn't it kind of illegal to, you know, change a death certificate well, Bruce, after these are, the fact? These are, these are unprecedented times. We're under emergency authorizations. So the, <laughs> right. the traditional right. rules don't apply here. Yeah. So because you, you've gained knowledge through COVID, you've gained knowledge, you know, you know now what you didn't know. So and now they know now what they don't know. That's it's productive. So uh, according to the current program rules on the FEMA website, the death certificate must indicate the death may have been caused by or was likely the result of COVID-19 or COVID-19-like symptoms. Similar phrases that indicate a high likelihood of COVID-19 are considered sufficient as well. Now, the reimbursement uh -huh. amount, you might be asking, maxes out at $9,000 per deceased individual and $35,500 per application. How much per application? $35,500. So you apply and get that money and then another amount if it wasn't changed. <laughs> I wish it was more complicated than that. So, uh, yeah, about those family members I had died recently. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but I think you had a dozen of them go, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think even my uh, I might have had a few pets die because of that as well. Hmm. D does that in include that? Well, let's go down a little bit more of the uh, stipulations here. FEMA's rules for the program specify that the death must have occurred in the United States, which in your case, yes, yeah. including the U.S. territories and the District of Columbia. The death certificate must indicate the, that the death was attributed to COVID-19 and the applicant must be a U.S. citizen, non-citizen national or a qualified non-citizen who incurred funeral expenses after January 20th of 2020. Non-citizen national. Uh, what? Does that mean somebody here on a green card? Or... Means anybody that's there. That's what that's, I'm taking away from it. Th th that's my takeaway, and I was trying to be, uh, you know... Uh, give them the, the benefit of the doubt. The deceased individual, however, does not need to be a U.S. citizen, non-citizen national, or a qualified non-citizen. Okay, so so you have to be here either as a citizen or as a uh, green card individual. Well, no, 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 no. They, they say, see if you can figure this one. This is government 101, right? See if you can figure this one out. The applicant must be, this is what they say. I'm just reading what FEMA says from their website. The applicant must be a U.S. citizen, a non-citizen national, or a qualified non-citizen who incurred funeral expenses after January 20th, 2020. And then right below that, right below that, it says the deceased individual, however, does not need to be a U.S. citizen, non-citizen national or qualified non-citizen. OK. All right. So they're they're specifying here. My mistake. My mistake. They're specifying. So the applicant and then the deceased. So the applicant is listing the deceased. OK, now I understand what they're doing. So uh, to, to put a finer point on that, if you're here, you, you just happen to be here illegally, but you're a resident and you just had some of your family try to cross the Rio Grande during, you know, last year and just happen to drown in it. 
and you want to list them as COVID-19 deaths, well, you can Bruce, do that and make $40,000. Complications of COVID-19 Co- yeah. COVID because COVID-19 yeah. caused them to drown. Mm-hmm. And so, but because of that, you could, you could make $44,000. Possibly. I, yeah. It's just one of those things. Now, of course, it says any. Basically, what they're saying here is is anybody can make the claim, and anybody can list anybody they want. So that's yeah, it's pretty pretty open. Uh, Casio Cortez said that this is one of the first programs that will allow mixed status and undocumented families to get some semblance of relief after feeding this country after after cleaning our schools. Oh. Yeah, yeah. After cleaning our schools, after serving and holding up this community, this community has got nothing in relief, very little. I am so proud of the tireless work and pushing that it took to make to make sure that up to nine thousand dollars of relief will now be available to almost every family in this country. Um, yeah, so I, I, I hate to break it to you, AOC, uh, but if you're here illegally, um, you don't get any benefits of this country. That's that's the way every other country in the world does it. I I, I don't see what's so controversial about that. Well, Bruce, it's not equitable. That's what it is. It's not equitable. Florida is open, right? Hundred percent, except for a couple of you know idiot mayors down there. Florida's open. Statewide, it's open, but yeah. as far as you said, you know, locally, yeah, it's yeah. not. Florida reports COVID deaths in the single digits for the first time since September. Where's the saint to Dr. Anthony Fauci on that? You know, I keep well, thinking somehow that this this joker is going to come out and do the right thing, but he's not because as far as I'm concerned, based on the research we've been putting together for the last, oh, I don't know, two years, this guy's responsible for this entire mess. So to think that he's going to come out and actually, oh, I don't know, take responsibility for something is is completely asinine. So I guess I'm, I'm contradicting my own thinking. You know, it, it's just so difficult to tell. Like, we're still learning. Science is ever changing. You know, it, it's ever learning. So it's difficult to tell. Uh, what's going on. And, you know, the data is lagged behind, you know, it lags behind a bit, you know, Um, it it, it used to take two weeks. Um, Now, because of, you know, everything's backed up and everything. And, you know, because of these uh, FEMA claims and everything, and, and, you know, know, getting the $9,000 out to everyone for uh, possible deaths uh, involving COVID-19, it's really put, you know, a strain on our system. So, you know, data is a little delayed. So we're going to have to wait four, six, eight, three months, four months. You know, I I don't know. We we just have to wait until the data shows, you know, what we want it to show. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, that's all you need to do. In the meantime, uh, if you want to go to Hawaii, vaccine passports are on the way. Yeah, if you want to go to Hawaii. So they're they're going to move ahead uh, to create a vaccine passport program for travelers coming into the Aloha State as it approaches the summer tourism months. But see, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to because you can quarantine for 10 days. If you go through a quarantine for 10 days after you arrive, then you're fine because you're going to go to Hawaii on vacation and, and you're going to stay in your hotel room for 10 days. And then you're going to come out and enjoy your vacation for, oh, I don't know what, one. And then you're going to leave. And then you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to probably whatever blue state you come from, you're going to have to quarantine for 10 days to 14 days. So, well, you, I mean, you really didn't want to enjoy any summer at all, did you? Because there's a month lost. The Democratic governor, uh, David uh, I, uh, D- David Eagle, whatever his name is, uh, officially signed his newest emergency proclamation for COVID-19 on Friday. According to Maui Now, which is a, a newspaper down there. The proclamation continues the moratorium on evictions. Well, why don't we just nationalize housing? Yeah, why don't we just do that? Which will allow tenants to stay in their place of residence, even if they cannot pay rent. It also permits the expiration date for certain permits. 
driver's licenses, and state IDs to be extended, among other declarations, which, to be honest with you, that part I'm okay with, because the only reason we have driver's license renewals anyway is so the state can get money out of you. So, I mean, let's be honest here. So I don't think you need to be renewing those things at all. That's just my opinion. You have a license. You're registered with the state to have a license, which, quite frankly, and we may disagree on this, but I don't think a driver's license is constitutional anyway. But, I mean, okay, you know, we have them. So here's the deal. You're registered to have a a license to drive a car. You have points on your license, 12 points, I think it is in in most states, 12 points on your license. You don't lose those points when you renew your license every single time. You don't renew those points when you renew your license. So why do you need to go and get a new one? So, I mean, if it were me, I would just leave it. But, um, you know, if you're going to have a license renewed, pay a couple of bucks uh, and move on. Yeah, that's that that should be the end of it. Just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have any real like constitutional right uh, to a vehicle or to driving, you know, to those things. Maybe we do. Uh, if we look at it under the uh, the the right to travel, you know, interstate traveling. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something we can look at in in the future, as far as um, society is concerned here in the U.S. At least. Uh, yeah. If vaccine passports, if you want to go to Hawaii. If not, you can quarantine for ten days. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because you're going to quarantine for your uh, your entire trip. You know what? What if you can only go out there for ten days? Then you have to spend no. the entire time self quarantining. So yeah, what a mess. Yeah, no thanks. So. Let's talk about why we're even discussing vaccine passports. The Chinese Communist Party, for example. Let's talk about them. They have topped the U.S. intelligence worldwide threat assessment at number one. Why aren't we hearing about that on TV? Why aren't we hearing about that in the papers? Funny. I mean, we've heard the the bit. We, we've talked about it multiple times here that Huajing um, Tempos you know, Communist News Network, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 all get money from China in some way. So, of course, they're not going to badmouth somebody that's dumping money into their lap. No, of course not. And according to Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, they're our friends. Yeah, they're our friends. They're, they're nothing to be worried about. They're our friends. The regime in China poses the leading challenge to U.S. national security, followed by Russia, Iran, and North Korea. In the annual threat assessment report compiled by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, Beijing, Moscow, Tehran, and Pyongyang have demonstrated the capability and intent to advance their interest at the expense of the United States and its allies despite the pandemic, according to the report published on April 13th. China increasingly is a near competitor, uh, a near peer competitor, challenging the United States in multiple arenas, especially economically, militarily and technologically, and is pushing to change global norms. You know, there are groups of people that have been saying this exact same thing for years, and they've been ignored or called conspiracy theorists. The Chinese Communist Party and Moscow are fueling economic and humanitarian crises. Oh, did you think that stuff at the southern border was all about a bunch of starving people coming up from Latin America? No. They're also fueling political unrest. Really? Do you think that those movements in the U.S. are organic in nature? Do you think that those individuals are not well-funded? Because I assure you that they are. And geopolitical competition, where they engage in so-called vaccine diplomacy, which is what the Admiral of Southcom was talking about to the Senate Intelligence Committee, to expand their respective spheres of influence, the report notes. Vaccine diplomacy. Take our vaccine, we'll do business with you, Venezuela. Take our vaccine, we'll do business with you, India. Take our vaccine, we'll do business with you, Australia. The report went on to say that the CCP will continue its whole-of-government efforts to spread China's influence, undercut that of the United States, drive wedges between Washington and its allies and partners, and foster new international norms that favor the authoritarian Chinese system, according to the 
office of the director of the Nas- of national intelligence. Chinese leaders probably will, however, seek tactical opportunities to reduce tensions with Washington when such opportunities suit their interest, saying that it's a matter of the regime's survival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There is a group on this planet that despises the Chinese Communist Party more than any Western nation does, and that is the Chinese people themselves. They oppose the Chinese Communist Party, but they are subjected to it because there's nothing that they can do to get out from that oppression at the moment. See, we've taken U.S. intellectual properties, we've taken U.S. corporations, we've taken U.S. money and European money, and we've allowed these crony capitalist to go over there and jump in bed with the Chinese Communist Party and exploit Chinese slave labor to leverage us out on the world stage. On top of that, we've also given up 98% of our rare earth mineral access to the Chinese. The Chinese go into countries in Africa, for example, they'll go into a country and say, hey, um, you need roads in here. You need bridges. You need uh, buildings. You need schools. We'll build you those. No problem. We'll even supply the labor, but we need access to your natural resources. So if you'll give us access to those, then we'll give you infrastructure. Sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Of course, now what the Admiral of Southcom was talking about to the Senate a couple of weeks ago, which we covered here, vaccine diplomacy is their new play. Take our vaccine. We'll do business with you. 5,000 years. Countries never developed a single vaccine. Now all of a sudden they've got one. I don't think so. China is touting its success containing the COVID-19 pandemic as evidence of the superiority of its communist system. What did I say? What did I say? They only, according to their numbers, they only lost 3,400 people. Oh, see, they know how to do it. Their system is superior. See, you dumb Westerners with your outdated democracies and you people that don't know uh, how to do what you're told, uh, you can't get it under control. So as a result, see, China's been open for a year. We've been closed. We're still closed. Do I need to go over the economic numbers again of how much of a hit we've taken in the West as opposed to that? The report also noted, adding that it will continue to combine its military power with its economic, technological, and diplomatic clout to preserve the Chinese Communist Party at Washington's expense. You've got a delegation in there in the White House right now that kowtows to Beijing. We talked about what was happening in Alaska with the meetings up there and how they just sat there with their faces down. They didn't do anything. They sat there and they listened to the BS from the representatives that were sent over from Beijing, and they led the meeting. They were only supposed to do five-minute intros. They were up there giving hour-and-a-half speeches. What kind of spineless idiots did they send up there to deal with them? That's what I want to know. I I remember hearing on a different podcast that um, uh, some of the stuff, one of the things that happened across the border there in Mexico, which us having a porous border right now was kind of a concern, uh, they, they had a truck robbery. The truck robbery, no big deal, right? Yeah, just, you know, armed thugs robbing a truck. The truck had QSA Delta 800 gamma ray projectors. Come again. Yeah. Um, so these projectors, they they come equipped with uh, things such as um, uh, iridium-192, a radioactive isotope, um, selenium-75, also a radioactive isotope, uh, you, uh, you, you, ter- uh, it, it, terbium, I, I guess is how you pronounce it. Also mm-hmm. another radioactive isotope, um, all of which could potentially be used for, uh, things like, um, dirty bombs or things like that. So interesting that, uh, you had a cartel just rob those trucks, porous border. Well, we're assuming it was a cartel, uh, porous border. Um, I, I, I mean, <laughs> 
what, what would happen if a terrorist cell was to acquire uh, nuclear material? Uh, the thing is, is if if anything's going to happen, uh, as far as a dirty bomb in our porous border, for example, it will happen within the next 120 days. Why the next 120 days? All those isotopes last. The 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 longest lasting of those isotopes, I think, is iridium, which has a half-life of 73 days, which means uh, basically if you want the, the peak efficiency out of those materials for a dirty bomb, it would have to be within that time frame. But the other one, you know, being as it's a half-life, um, my understanding of a half-life is it, it every 70, basically every 73 days or 78, whatever it was, um, it reduces the amount of radiation by half every time. So every, it, it progressively gets weaker and weaker is my understanding of how half-lives work. It's not that, you know, within 140 days, it's no longer producing radiation. It's that um, after the, the 78 days, it's producing half. And then another 78, it's producing half of what that half was. And so it, it progressively gets less and less, if you will. Dirty bombs are bad for business, though. We see clean bombs now more than anything else. I mean, those are those are pretty much the way to, to move things. Why, why, on, why on earth are we moving this stuff? Do you know why? Uh, it was Mexico that was moving it. Um, it's a gamma ray source projector is what they were contained in. Uh, the, the ones I'm looking at here range from... Uh, 33 pounds to 52 pounds. Uh, likely the, the weight is probably the shielding. Um, that's probably the majority of the weight, but nuclear material typically is pretty heavy as well. It's usually heavier than lead, as an example, pretty dense. Uh, but what their uses are for, I'm not really sure what, like, I'm not sure if it's some kind of, the, the uses I'm seeing that they show is it has something to do with piping or, uh, or, or something. I, I don't know if it's uh, to see if there's leakage or I, I don't know exactly what, what, what the use of the projector is um, offhand. I haven't uh, researched that far yet. All that to say, that's something that's not been talked about by any of the mainstream medias. The Independent talked about it a bit, and I think there was another one that talked about it. But just an interesting thing to, yeah, I mean, the, the, the materials in there are capable of uh, ad administering a fatal dose of radiation to anyone that comes into direct contact of those materials. So, um, yeah, it's not, not a problem at all. No, uh, no, and, of course and not. The, the thing about it is, is making a dirty bomb out of those materials, I don't know how much was on the vehicle being transported. Uh, that, that's another thing of, of question would determine how big the bomb could be. Uh, it might, honestly, uh, if you were to make a dirty bomb out of that, it, it may not be a very big one. It might just be like, you know, maybe a city block or something like that. The problem with radiation is once you get it into the air and it, it is um, mixed up with uh, dust and other materials, it, it can fly around. And it, it, if, it, if you get it into the jet stream, you could send it to another country. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it can... That's the problem with like nuclear winters and, and whatnot is because the radiation gets thrown everywhere. And then it tends to find a, a low, uh, like a low spot, if you will, and it kind of settles there. So anyway, all that to say, porous border, we have Chinese, Russians, uh, Islamists. We, we, we have plenty of enemies that would be willing to utilize materials such as that. Uh, even the cartels, for that matter, would be willing to, to, to use that um, in some way. So... I don't know. I mean, when when you when you have a multi-million dollar industry, uh, or excuse me, multi-billion dollar industry of of trafficking uh, humans and materials across uh, illegally across the border, I mean, 
uh, what what level will you, will you stoop to? I mean, if you're willing to traffic human beings and rape them on the, the way over, what what's a little bit of nuclear material? I mean, you know, really. Yeah, but here's the other thing, though. I mean, this is what I've been arguing for a long time. The Chinese, right, well, since we're talking about China here, the, the, the Chinese, they want America without Americans. Does that make sense? That That's what they want. So it's not really in their best interest to contaminate the parts of the country that they want. I, I get what you're saying. And I see how, you know, there's several factors in play there. I, I understand. But at the same time, people would just say, OK, well, why doesn't China just nuke the U.S.? Well, that wouldn't make much sense for them to do that, because, like I said, they want the U.S. They want all of its infrastructure. They just don't want the people in it. I have an idea. But why they don't, don't you contaminate it? Yeah, I, 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 and I, I agree with you. If you're if you're coming in to invade some place, you you typically don't want to contaminate the area unless you're an Islamist, in which case your 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 Islamist goal is to bring a bring about. Um, uh, I forget what the the word for the, the the last battle and everything, but they they basically want to jihad, if you will. Jihad. They, they want that holy war, um, and it, it's supposed to bring about the the end days and all that fun stuff, right? So that's why they're constantly looking for battle. But uh, let let's just say you you don't want a country full of Americans, right? That was an interesting way to phrase it because. Let, let's just say we, we create a virus and release it into the populace and uh, create vaccines and whatnot for for this virus. And um, we're, we're able to identify and um, weed out the ones that are more American than others. Typically, uh, someone that is more American than others would be uh, someone that is unwilling to give up their freedoms and their rights for uh, a simple flu. Be pretty easy to identify those people and... Um, castrate them from society, right? It's kind of an interesting, I mean, yeah. they're the they're going to be the troublemakers. So either beat them into submission or uh, easily identify them for later um, eradication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that seems to be the play is exactly that right there. So that would make the most sense. But where does Russia factor into this? You're talking about the cartels. You're talking about, uh, we're, we're talking about the Chinese. How do the Russians play into this? The Russians are playing a different kind of game at the moment. Uh, I think that they're on the road to do something really crazy in Europe, uh, in Eastern Europe. But I also think at the same time, there's a deal that's been struck behind the scenes with Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping on a deal to acquire Taiwan and Hong Kong because the Chinese Communist Party has had their nose bloodied. Uh, with India over the last few years. Uh, And so they need to kind of do something to get back in the good graces of something. They're also in a bigger problem. China's out of food and they're out of fresh water. That's a problem. Now they need to go on to a war footing. They need to take Taiwan and they need to take Hong Kong because that's where they're at. Uh, But Russia, what's happening in Eastern Europe right now? Still, no talk here. None about what's going on. Nothing about the Russian buildup in the eastern part of Europe. Russia was listed next on that threat report of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and notes that Moscow doesn't want a direct conflict with the United States, but if they can get it with a proxy like Europe, then they'll take it. Rather, the report states, we expect Moscow to seek opportunities for pragmatic cooperation with Washington on its own terms, which would make sense. We expect Moscow to insert itself into crisis when Russian interests are at stake. It can turn a power vacuum into an opportunity or the anticipated cost of actions are low. It states citing that Moscow's involvement in Libya, Syria, Venezuela, and Cuba, right? We talked about Russia's involvement in Venezuela. All they want that oil. All they do. They want that oil and they want those natural resources. Venezuela has more natural resources per capita than anywhere else in the world. They actually have more oil in Venezuela 
than the entire Middle East. Also, we know that China uh, is very interested in Venezuela, so they're doing a deal down there too. If you need our help, then you know, to the Venezuelans, as, as they say, if you need our help, well, then we can help you if you implement your uh, yourself a, a social credit system. And we'll even give you the uh, the technology on how to do it. That was obviously, I mean, I'm just saying that was devised by U.S. corporations. I'll just leave it at that. They went on to say that Russia will also employ cyber attacks and hacking schemes to target U.S. infrastructure, not limited to underwater cables and industrial systems, according to the report. There's a war game coming up that's being put on by the World Economic Forum. Yeah, Klaus and his guys are up to it again. They're going to war game a cyber pandemic, and that's going to be coming in the uh, uh, the coming weeks here. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Uh, they're going to broadcast that one to the world. Uh, and They're going to put together what things are going to be like under a cyber pandemic. Despite flat or even declining defense spending, Russia will emphasize new weapons that present increased threats to the United States and regional actors while continuing its foreign military engagements, conducting training exercises, and incorporating lessons from its involvement in Syria and the Ukraine. Funny that they didn't really mention what's going on in Ukraine in this report. Well, it's it's an internal matter. That's an internal matter. Well, that's what Russia says. Yeah, yeah, that that's an internal matter. Okay. Well, uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, President Joe Biden has stepped in to the conflict in in Ukraine. Uh, Joe Biden warns Vladimir Putin to respect the Ukraine and calls for a summit. Yeah, and I can I can imagine that President Biden himself. I can imagine he picked up that phone and called uh, Putin and and set him straight. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. This this guy doesn't even know where his pants are half the time. He, he probably has to be dressed and someone gives him his evening pudding. You're, you're going to tell me that he's going to sit there and he's actually going to do something to stand up to Vladimir Putin? I don't think so. I don't think so. Biden is weak and Putin knows it. That's why Putin put out that PR campaign a couple of weeks ago that we talked about. Putin wanted Biden to sit down with him on a public conference. The two of them, he said, sit down with me and we'll talk policy, but we're going to do it publicly so the world can see. We'll put the links out so people can watch. And of course, the White House said, of course, Biden himself didn't say it, but the White House responded saying, uh, President Biden's just too busy. He's just too busy. But now all of a sudden, he's he stood up. He stood up. President Joe Biden spoke with Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday, warning him to respect the territory of Ukraine or face consequences from the United States. Really? You're going to tell me the guy that doesn't know where he is half the time that can't string together a group of words to form a sentence is now all of the sudden going to pick up the phone and talk to Putin? I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy that for a second. And the other thing is, is what 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 kind of um, uh, how is he going to regret it? Seriously, what are you going to do? He's not going to do anything. They did a readout call uh, to reporters. So instead of the president himself actually going into the press room, which he hasn't actually been there since he's been in office. He hasn't actually addressed reporters one time, except for walking up to him on a green screen. President Biden emphasized the United States' unwavering commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity, whatever the hell that means. The White House revealed in a readout of the call sent to reporters. Why didn't he just go out there and say it himself? You couldn't actually get this guy in front of reporters. The one time we were told that he did stand in front of reporters was when it was in front of a green screen. It was fake. Anytime you see this guy sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office, he's talking or mumbling or whatever the hell it is he's doing behind that stupid mask he's wearing. You can't tell what he's saying. Hell, you can't tell what he's saying when he isn't wearing a mask. And you hear the the, the fawning idiots in the press that are handpicked to be there that are screaming out questions about nothing that he doesn't even... Like, the guy, you look at his eyes, he's gone. 
He's gone. He doesn't even know where he is. He's not going to be able to decipher what those people are saying. And as soon as that happens, not only does he not answer any questions, one of the aides pipes up and says, OK, uh, that's that's great. Thanks for being here. Um, we're going to have to move everybody out now and, uh, and and we'll be in the press conference later on today. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Biden spoke to Putin after the NATO alliance condemned Russia's troop buildups on its borders with Ukraine. The White House added, Biden voiced our concerns over the sudden Russian military buildup in occupied Crimea and on Ukraine's borders and called on Russia to de-escalate tensions. Uh-huh. According to NATO, uh, the NATO Secretary General, Russia's considerable military buildup is unjustified, unexplained, and deeply concerning. <laughs> you better believe it. But see, I think the more concerning thing here is, is that none of the Europeans are being told what's going on. Hell, none of them even know what's going on. It's not a matter of they know what's going on and they're not being told. They don't know either one. Everything here is COVID. All of it. Everything you see on TV. The, I mean, the only thing that's going on right now in the German press is who's going to succeed this, this idiot Merkel that they've got up there. That's the only thing you're seeing in the news here. You're not seeing anything about Russian buildups. You're not seeing anything about what I believe could be possibly a couple hundred thousand troops over there. You're not seeing anything about that. Of course, according to this report, there's only 40,000 of them there, which I doubt that. You counted 100,000 just last week. Yeah, uh, there was. Uh, that's that's what the reports were. Is they, they were moving 100,000 and then they moved yesterday. They moved to more. And what was it like 50,000 or whatever it was we were talking about mm -hmm. yesterday? Yeah, yeah, that was on the high end, though. Yeah. And the military vehicles that they're moving in on rail lines, they are miles long, miles and miles and miles of tanks and trucks, APCs, all of it. You said they're moving in missile systems, yeah? Yeah. They had some of their um, large missile, uh, basically scuds, more or less, uh -huh. uh, large. It's uh, about an eight-wheeled truck that, has a, that carries a large missile inside of it. Yeah. yeah. Biden also proposed a summit with the Russians, according to the White House, in a third country agreed upon by both countries. Boy, sounds like we're right back to uh, pre-World War I, doesn't it? League of Nations days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sounds about like that. Yeah, we're going to propose a summit between a couple of countries uh, or the and, and another country in question, and then nothing's going to get done about it. And then we're going to go to war over nothing because a bunch of old men and decrepit degenerates that call themselves Western elites can't keep their egos in check. How many millions are you going to kill this time, you f morons? God, you idiots. All right. Speaking of standing tall, when you stand tall on something, when you stand up to a crowd of angry rioters and, and insurrectionists, when I think of someone actually doing that, when I think of a public figure standing up for themselves physically, right? I mean, if someone's, if, if a group of them are, are coming at you and you're looking at an individual that's going to stand up physically and physically fight those people hand to hand, the first person that comes to my mind, and Bruce, I don't know about you, the first person that comes to my mind is House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, as much alcohol as she partakes of uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, you, you, you could be right. She, she could, uh, you know. Nancy Pelosi says, I'm a street fighter, says that she would have fought the Capitol rioters on January 6th, hand-to-hand -hand if necessary. Wow. What kind of an ego does this woman have? She's like an old, decrepit woman that is going <laughs> to go out there and fight. I mean, seriously, the, the guy could have dropped his beer on her toe and she would have been out. I mean... <laughs> Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said on Tuesday she would have fought the Capitol rioters should they have entered the House chamber, according to USA Today. Pelosi and other members of Congress were in the House chamber on January 6th when a group of rioters 
entered seeking to disrupt the certification of the 2020 presidential election. Pelosi was asked by USA Today what she would have done if she wasn't evacuated in time, to which she responded, and I'm quoting here, well, I'm pretty tough. I'm a street fighter. They would have had a battle on their hands. At which time she reached down and grabbed her four-inch stiletto heel and said, I would have had these. I mean, they would have complained about something itching them. I mean, seriously, I... I why would you even come out and say something like that anyway as a politician, let alone a politician that's been there, uh, you know, for 40 years? Like, what, 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 what possessed you to say something like that? Well, Bruce, she said, and I'm, I'm continuing to quote here, she said, it was a very difficult moment for us in the Capitol and those of us who care about our democracy. We're not a democracy. That people would descend upon the Capitol, incite insurrection to overturn the process. That people would use violence upon the Capitol, even out to kill, really, members of Congress and the Vice President of the United States, was just so very hard. And they have no clue what an insurrection is. Insurrection is what you saw in the streets last May. Insurrection is what you're seeing in the streets right now. That's insurrection. But what is reality is not reality. Good your is perce- evil and evil is good. Yeah, your perception becomes reality, right? I talked about that the other day when it comes to social media. Your perception is reality. You perceive something as they give it to you. They say, oh no, those are not riots. Those are mostly peaceful protests. Yeah, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. That's why the mainstream media can stand out there. I'm not even going to call them that anymore. That's why the legacy media can stand out there and can have a three-story fire raging behind them and say, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a protest. It's not by really any measure unruly. Who really believes that? It, it, there's a, there's a three-story fire raging behind him in the same shot. Chris Cuomo from CNN, his, his ratings are down. And I mean down. They are in the toilet down. 45% drop in ratings. Now, I'm not going to be one of these people that sits here and criticizes this guy personally. People call him Fredo or whatever. I'm not that kind of guy. I just don't do that. I don't disrespect people like that. I'm not going to do it. I will criticize him based on what he does professionally and how much of a liar and a propagandist he is in his job. What he does in his personal life and making fun of him uh, from some, uh, what is it, like the Godfather movie or something or, or whatever? Yeah, I, I, I don't like know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to make fun of the guy like that because that's just not who I am. So that, that's attacking somebody personally. I'm not going to do that. I will attack the guy professionally, but not personally. Personally, that's something else. You know, I, I don't know the guy personally, so I'm not going to attack him on that. That's just not who I am. That's an ad hominem attack. That's what people do. They can't defeat a person's argument rationally, so they attack the person personally. It deflects from the overall point that you're trying to make. So I'm not going to do that. But Chris Cuomo, during all of this thing, like the scandal and all that stuff that's going on, his ratings have dropped by like, by like 45%. You know something? The media ratings have actually tanked overall since Trump's been gone. And Fox News, they lost it, I think, on election night when they were cheering on Biden. Yeah, when they called, um, was it Arizona? Arizona. Yeah, 7% of the vote they're calling the state. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was pretty much over down there anyway, right? Yeah, Maricopa County is being audited now. Um, That's not really talked about anywhere. Uh, Amidst the multiple scandals surfacing in connection with Governor Andrew Cuomo, which we'll talk about him here in a minute, Cuomo primetime anchored by his younger brother, Chris Cuomo, has seen a 45% drop in viewership from the beginning of the year. Could it be for the fact that he stands up there and he talks about nothing but propaganda? Could it be that? Could it be the fact that he had a representative wholeheartedly from the Chinese Communist Party on the other day talking about how there's a, a, a carrot and a stick when it comes to a vaccine passport? Could it be that content that's causing his ratings to drop and not 
the fact that it's because of some scandal with his brother? What's that got to do with him? Nah, that that can't be it. His show averaged only 1.2 million viewers for the first week of April 5th, uh, for the week of April 5th to the 9th, making that the lowest ranked week of the year. Compared to the week of January 25th, viewership has dropped 45%. Viewership was also down among the key demographic of 25 to 54-year-olds, down 55% to an average of 263,000 per night. That's all that watches this guy's show? 263,000 a night? Doesn't Tucker still get like a million or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think he's up in the yeah, I think he's up in the millions. Uh he's, he's gonna get even more popular because they're trying to get him fired. Yeah. Four million, I believe. Yeah. Okay, to that point, it couldn't be the fact that the that the network itself, I'm talking about CNN, it couldn't be the fact that they are just garbage to begin with. It couldn't be that. I mean, here, I got a clip of Brian Stelzer the other day talking about uh, talking about vaccines and, and the Fox News host. Have you heard that yet? I think so. But uh, yeah, it's really important to see all these TV anchors, personalities showing themselves getting the shot. We've seen a lot of vaccine selfies from lots of folks at lots of different networks. Uh, it's been really inspiring to see, you know, the Today Show even brought the, 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 the co-host outside for a live group vaccination this week. And Rachel Maddow on Friday on MSNBC talked about how she was really fearful of the needle, really worried about it. And yet it was important to get the shot. And she did. And there she is talking about it on air. So I say all of that to make the following point. Where are Tucker and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram? Where is Ainsley Earhart and Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade? Where are the biggest stars on Fox getting vaccinated? I get it's a personal choice. I get that's between, you know, the hosts and their healthcare provider. But everybody else is doing it, right, Matt? I mean, all across television, all these anchors are, are rolling up their sleeves. Why do you think we haven't seen the biggest stars on Fox News get vaccinated or show us their vaccine selfies? Everybody else is doing it, Bruce. Don't you want to do it? Hey, I mean, let's give in to peer pressure, right? Hey, no, no, no concern about what, what side effects this is going to be or any of those kind of things, right? It's, it's, it, it, wow. That's unbelievable. Uh, I, yeah, that and they is, wonder why I, the network ratings are in the toilet because of that nonsense right there. I, I, I'm flabbergasted that they even they're openly advocating for people to be cheap. Like they're openly saying, what, what, why are they not being sheep like everybody else? What's the deal here? Why are they thinking for themselves and thinking individually? Such terrible people. And there's no way possible that I mean he he could have been given uh, saline water. There, there's no there's nothing that says that that, that could have happened. And of course the, the same thing with Rachel Maddow and, and all the rest of them at those other networks. There's no way that that could have happened. Now, Wait, are, are you implying that they would lie to the people? Uh, I mean, I'm just making an astute observation is all. But you give in to peer pressure, and that's what it seems to be turning into, right? That I mean, that well, it's not what it's turning into. That's what it is. This is peer pressure. Did you hear what he said? Vaccine selfies. Vaccine selfies. You know, Facebook. Facebook is running a campaign right now to anybody that gets a vaccine or has a vaccine appointment to put a special banner on their photo for their profile. That's what they're running. Let's hear the representative from Facebook talking about what they're doing to promote people getting vaccinated. Let's listen to this. Hello, I'm Nicola Mendelssohn from Facebook. The NHS is doing an incredible job getting us vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh -huh. And we at Facebook want to do all that we can to support and to help to raise awareness. Right. So I'm excited to share that we're promoting a series of new NHS profile frames on Facebook in the UK. Wow. From today, you can add a frame to your Facebook profile picture. 
to let your friends know that you've been vaccinated or that you plan to be. And I promise you, the frames look great. Oh, they look great. We've also got some fantastic NHS stickers for you to be able to add onto your stories on Facebook Uh and Instagram. So why not share your support for the NHS vaccination drive by giving them a try? Stay safe, everyone. Yeah. Uh, see Bruce, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> did you hear that? She's 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 really giving it to you. Yeah, I mean they're showing their support as a as a company for the vaccination drive for the NHS. Um, being as I'm not someone from the UK, obviously uh, it doesn't really do me any 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 good to. Uh, well, the agenda's uh, yeah. the the agenda's everywhere because Stelter, obviously CNN, that's that's the U.S. network yeah. side of things. Yeah, but he's saying where's their vaccine selfies? It, same, th- and that's what she's promoting here. They're promoting it for the UK, so the agenda's the same across the board. Yeah, yeah, the same agenda. Um, but uh, if I if I were someone in the UK. I would remember the fact that um, you just had Project Fear for the last year saying how horrible of a person you were for not taking the vaccine or wearing a mask or um, socially distancing. And you were uh, told to think of the other person, tell them, look them in the eye and tell them you won't wear a mask and showing pictures of uh, people on ventilators or what have you, you know, and all looking sad and depressed and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, the games they tried to play with you for the last year, you're having these same people come out and say, come and take a vaccine. Um, I would have many choice words to say, and none of them I can say here. Can you hold it for Saturday, Bruce? I mean, uh, it, it's it's like the Hulk, right? His secret is he's always angry. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. anything else you got? Um, just uh, not uh, adherent to any of these things that we were talking about. And it's going to be a horrible segue into the topic, but um, actually, hold um, on a second. Hold on a second. Before mm-hmm. you do that, before you do that, since we're on this subject, hold that thought. Right, write it down okay. if you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's off topic, this is not off topic because this follows. We were talking about Chris Cuomo. We started with Chris Cuomo, and the reason I wanted to talk about Cuomo is because I wanted to talk about his older brother, your friend, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Mm-hmm. He's reportedly compared himself because apparently you you seem to make this connection. He's reportedly compared himself to. Sonny Corleone from The Godfather. Uh, okay. This, this uh, I'm, I'm serious. This is out of the New York Post. Apparently, Governor Andrew Cuomo, back in 2006, who, who was at the time the New York Attorney General, uh, reportedly compared his ability to intimidate to The Godfather. Um, anybody could, in their I, right I, mind, could you why, see it? why would you? Could you see it, though? Oh, yeah. With his ability to intimidate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you see the, the, the amount of stuff he's done and the, the whistleblowers and everything. You remember the yeah. press conference? You remember the press conference? That's the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it again. Let's start from the top. Let's do it again. So what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what it is. That's how he yeah. acts. Yeah. The other thing is, is why would you, why, why would you compare yourself to a, a criminal organization? Just, just throwing that out there. Well, I think you have to look at the overall thing. I mean, like I said, world of perception, right? Art imitates life. People look at entertainment and they compare what they see in entertainment to real life. So maybe he's living out that, I guess, uh, fantasy. Fan- fantasy, if you want, if you want to call it that. Maybe is that. I mean, he's the. If you think about it, what is he? What is he? He's the king of New York, isn't he? Yeah. So if you're the Godfather. You want to be the king of New York, don't you? He is that. It fits. It fits. He's he's at least trying to be that position. Yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's definitely trying that. 
Uh, it says the Godfather incident took place shortly after Cuomo, uh, Andrew Cuomo, who was the son of late Governor Mario Cuomo, who was elected state attorney general in 2006, uh, according to the New York Times magazine. A former associate reportedly described how Cuomo enthusiastically described his power to intimidate people under investigation who visited his office. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and do this. He says, th- this is a quote from Cuomo. I loom over this table. In their minds, I'm Sonny Corleone. And I'm capable of anything. Um, hmm. You're capable of anything. Interesting. That's a interesting phrasing there. Yeah. Apparently, it it kind of got um, it kind of got stirred up when there was this fixation last year of when they were talking about how he and Fauci were like the modern day uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino that starred yeah. in the Godfather, Godfather kind of thing. Yeah, that's when it started. And then apparently yeah. somebody's come out and said, hey, there was this time when he was the attorney general. I remember him actually making that proclamation. I mean, it, again, why would you want to compare yourself to something like that? But Art imitates life, man. You know, that's, uh, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. All right. So what was your point? I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that was just too good. We couldn't gloss over that. Yeah, no, no worries. I always love talking about my favorite individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of a, a side note, um, you know, this is still going on and not really being talked about or covered because obviously there's been more that's happened since then. And there, you know, that that's this this is uh, not the latest tragedy to happen and not, you know, they can't exploit it as much. Um, the uh, Derek Chauvin trials are still going on currently um, and just kind of a little progress report there. Um, defense had a bid to uh, basically acquit the murder charges because the state failed to provide unreasonable doubt that Chauvin's use of force was um, the cause of the death. And um, also in the condition, the state of things, um, it it also looked like there was other circumstances like, I I don't know, a crowd um, yelling slurs and saying they were going to assault the police and whatnot. So his his he was a bit distracted at the same time, but the judge decided that nope, they're going to go ahead with the uh, murder charge, and they're also not going to have the drug dealer that is the friend of George Floyd. Uh, they're they're not going to have him testify. Oh, he was there at the time, even mm-hmm. uh, as as the the situation went down. So. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not, not a, that's not a problem for justice as all, or getting to the truth or anything, you know, it should, you know, clearly Chauvin is a guilty of, uh, murder and, uh, should be, should be, uh, tried. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a political theater is it basically is. what I'm getting it at. Is. But here's the thing. What's going to happen after that trial, whether he gets convicted or acquitted, it doesn't matter because the outcome is going to be the same in the streets. It's going to be the same, whatever it is. It's not going to be enough. So there's no appeasing this mob. There's nothing they can do. However, what you're seeing right now because of what happened with the 20-year-old kid that was shot by that officer, what you're seeing now is a stage rehearsal for what's coming this summer. All right, we're out of time. So we are going to have to go. But uh, thank you for being here today. We did have some technical issues. I hope it doesn't uh, carry over to the uh, to the final cut. But uh, we uh, will we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it wasn't our fault. Uh, it's out of our control. Network issues this evening. But anyway, so for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel yet, get over there, get signed up to us. We're putting out all of our podcasts over there. Uh, we're also running our own little news feed over there. We've got a comment section as well. So get signed up to us over there. Get involved in that conversation uh, because it helps our feedback and our perspective on things when we hear things back from you, uh, you all that do listen. So. 
do give us a follow on Telegram. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be fantastic as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will be it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. We will have Marty with us tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, it'd be a great end to the week to sit down and uh, have a good conversation with him. So we will see all of you tomorrow. Everyone have a great evening.